Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, I'll be talking about the Hawks' upcoming game against the Boston Celtics, and also get into some trade rumors that are starting to pop up for the Atlanta Hawks. Without further ado, let's get into it. The Atlanta Hawks come back from a tough trip out to Dallas, banged up, and will be facing a Boston Celtics team that is also not at full strength, but also playing really good basketball. The Celtics are 33-14 and for third in the East, and they're coming off a 116-95 win over the Philadelphia 76ers. The Hawks are coming off that loss to the Mavericks. Now they're at 13-37, and and they have a whole host of injuries and people who are questionable going into this game tonight. Trey, Bruno, and DeAndre Hunter are all listed as questionable. Cam Reddish, unfortunately, is out. He's still in the NBA's concussion protocol, again, on a play where he was not fouled, apparently. But it's going to be rough not having Cam, especially against this matchup against the Boston Celtics. And, of course, there's still no Jabari Parker and no Alex Lynn or Chandler Parsons. For the Celtics, they're missing their all-star starting guard, Kimba Walker. Um, another fun matchup would have been Trey versus Kimba, but we'll not, we won't be able to see that whether Trey plays or not. Um, then they have Marcus Smart and Ennis Cantor as questionable to play. One thing, Marcus Smart is very important to what the Celtics do. He is just kind of their embodiment of all their values in a person on the court. Just a really hard-nosed defensive player, not a super great offensive player, but certainly does not lack confidence on the offensive side of the ball. But he's a guy that would certainly be guarding Trey Young for a lot of the game. And it'll be interesting to see if Trey is upgraded to probable or ends up playing in this game if that determines whether or not Marcus plays. But um, the Celtics come in missing some players as well. Some Celtics to watch. Unfortunately, we won't get to see Kimball Walker This is Kimba's first season outside of Charlotte. He was a Hornet for his entire career until this year, and he's really blossomed in Boston. He has become an Eastern Conference All-Star starter next to Trey Young, and it's just really everything that gets the Celtics going. He will certainly be missed in this game for the Celtics, and um, he really was able to get his season started this year because him, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown all played, and Marcus Smart for that matter, all played on Team USA. And so they were allowed to get some chemistry building even before the regular season of the NBA started. But uh, it's going to be disappointing not to see Campbell Walker while he'd be going against the Hawks. He's a great three-point shooter, uh, just a very skilled point guard, as obvious by the fact that he's starting the All-Star game this year. Um, The Boston Celtics are able to throw a lot of wings uh at whoever which team they're playing and they really their team really revolves around especially these three wings i'm about to talk about which are jason tatum jalen brown and gordon hayward number zero is jason tatum he talking about all-star players he made his first all-star game this year and he has his nickname is taco j i don't know where taco j came from but i will certainly be yelling that at him as he shoots free throws tonight. But Taco J is a third-year wing player. 
going into his first All-Star game. And he came in in his first season in the league. The Celtics went all the way to the conference uh, finals. Um, and he was really a big part of that. He was a very polished player coming right out of Duke. And he has continued to improve kind of every season. He's shooting 21, scoring 21 and a half points a game, seven rebounds, three assists, one and point four steals and playing good defense on the other end um his wingmate if you will is Jalen Brown his nicknames are JB and old man and he is from the Marietta area fourth year player out of Cal and it's been interesting to see both Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown on the same team because they kind of play the same position and it sometimes can feel that like having both of those players is redundant or at least doesn't allow each of them to fully become the best version of themselves but both players have blossomed and there was a lot of discussion on whether Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown was going to make the all-star game or if they were both going to make the all-star game but Jalen Brown has had his best year as a pro by far scoring 20 points a game six and a half rebounds and two and a half assists Jalen Brown also is just a really really good defensive player and that'll get back to their the Celtics defensive rating as a team but um his emergence to be able to like really shoot three-pointers it's still weird his form is not perfect at all and it doesn't feel like it should go in as much as it does but Jalen Brown shooting the ball 38 percent from the three-point line you can't argue with that on a, on about five attempts a game so um Jalen Brown has really really performed really well this year he kind of he got a contract extinction extension from the Celtics and he's really rewarded that faith in him so you know Jalen and Jason are what power the Celtics offensively and defensively just their length their ability to kind of you know switch anything and uh, Jalen in particular is a very strong defensive player and there was some thought that that defensive ability would get him into the all-star game over Jason Tatum finally we get to Gordon Hayward the star free agent that the Celtics were able to get in free agency a couple years ago and then he had a gruesome leg injury that kind of robbed the Celtics of two years of an all-star cap uh, level player and uh, he's getting back to form he's still not fully back I would say but he's starting to look like that playmaker that they saw out in Utah and what they envisioned coming to the Celtics and really providing them with. He's averaging 17 points, 6.5 rebounds, and 4 assists. So right there, that's three players, 6, 7, and taller, that can really handle the ball, shoot the ball, and play, I would say, above-average defense. So missing Cam Reddish for the Hawks is a big uh, thing, and if DeAndre Hunter's unable to play, I just don't see how the Hawks are going to be able to compete on the wings with these really really high caliber players on the wing that the Celtics are able to throw at you those three combination of that three combination of three players and also Marcus Smart leads the Celtics to be one of the best defensive teams in the league they're top five they're top two in scoring defense and that comes from the Celtics just don't let other teams get a lot of shot attempts up they're second in the league in the number of attempts their opponents are taking a game and then the opponents aren't even making a lot of the shots that they're taking. So that's a very good recipe right there for holding other teams to not not a lot of points. Um, and then much to, you know, a, kind of attack a real weakness of the Hawks, 
the Celtics are very good at, at forcing turnovers. Um, so if the Hawks are unable to score and if the Hawks don't have Trey Young, they're going to have to find another way to get points on the board. And um, it's going to be really interesting to see how the Hawks offense attacks this really, really good Celtics defense. But on, on the other side of the ball, the Celtics aren't any sort of world beater um, on the offensive side of the ball. They're able to be just kind of a league average offensive team. They don't turn the ball over a lot, but other than that, they're kind of just right in the middle for the NBA in offense. And you don't really have to be an otherworldly offensive team if your defense is that good. So the clear matchup concerns for Hawks fans should just be, you know, especially if there's no Trey Young, how are the Hawks going to get easy buckets? If you're unable to get easy buckets, it can really make, no matter how good of a defense you're playing, if you're not seeing your score continually tick up, it can be frustrating, especially to a young team. And I think that these wing players for the Celtics, Jalen, Jason, and Gordon, all provide threats of someone who could go off for 30 points against the Hawks. So the Hawks are really going to have to be disciplined on defense. And um, where the Celtics aren't quite as strong is down low in the front court. They have a very nice center in Daniel Tice, a German player who is undersized for the undersized for the center position, but does a good job of getting rebounds and kind of just being happy to pass out to these other wings and stuff. And they also have Ennis Cantor, who is questionable, um, but who's a wonderful offensive rebounder. And if the Hawks aren't able to secure rebounds on the defensive end of the ball, Ennis Cantor will make you pay and get easy buckets. But the Hawks are going to have to turn like good defense into high-quality shots. And there have been games both where the Hawks have been making shots, and there's been games where the Hawks have found open shots and not made those open shots. And so getting to the basket and somehow getting this really disciplined Celtics team to foul, I think is one clear way the Hawks could sort of get into this. John Collins is going to have a, have to have a monster night. He just has to be able to uh, win these matchups against front courts that I don't think are as talented as he are, and we'll see if John is able to be up to that challenge. Um, again, DeAndre, this would be a wonderful game to see DeAndre against all of the Celtics wings. I'm a, he would be matched up against Jason, Jalen, and Gordon all at some point th- in this game. And this is sort of the reps that he needs to get. I'm really bummed that we don't get to see Cam Reddish out against these guys. This is when you want to talk about a team that has like two wings or like two young wings and how can that help your guys become a championship level team. This Boston team is kind of built that way. So getting to see our wings against their wings would have been a lot of fun. But unfortunately, we won't be able to do that. With the way that the Celtics play defense, I don't think that the Hawks are going to be able to score a ton of points. And I imagine that this game is going to be around a like 100 to 120 game. Unfortunately, I think that the Celtics are going to be that team that has 120 points. Now, without Kamba, it's going to be a lot harder. But I just don't see a way that the Hawks are going to be able to score a ton of points against this defense. Now, if Trey comes out and has a, one of his just Trey games and goes supernova, anything's possible but the Celtics are very disciplined and are a very good team and that's why they've been able to get the third spot in the east right now so it'll be very interesting to see the Hawks offense against this Celtics defense and also just see how the Hawks rebound and try to close out defensive possessions against this Celtics offense that is not 
particularly fantastic. The trade deadline is coming up for the NBA. It's actually this Thursday, February 6th, and so far there has not been a lot of activity. Now that the Super Bowl is over, we've started to see some more rumors come around, and uh, Adrian Wojnarowski even broke during the Super Bowl that teams were starting to look at front court players, and John Collins' name was mentioned in that, that teams were trying to gauge what the Hawks were wanted in a John Collins trade, and Today, Monday, February 3rd, Zach Lowe wrote a report that the Hawks aren't even, haven't shown any interest in trading John Collins. So we're going to start hearing rumors like that. Just the Hawks have sort of underperformed, especially, and it's clear that they need some up- upgrade at center. It's an o- a pretty obvious spot. So the Hawks' names are going to start coming up. And it's already been talked about like an Andre Drummond trade earlier this season, and no- nothing ended up coming from that. My view on what the Hawks are going to do uh, up until the trade deadline is I don't think they're going to make any trade where they give away any of what they would call their assets, whether that be the young players, draft picks. But if some other team wants to get an Evan Turner or some of our veterans or guys that are not part of that core or what they consider their assets, I think the Hawks may make a move. Now, that that means I don't think the Hawks are trading any of Trey Young, John Collins, Kevin Herter. Um, Cam Reddish or DeAndre Hunter everyone outside of that I think could be available but I just don't see the Hawks making any sort of especially win now move in a season where the Hawks don't even really have an opportunity to go to the playoffs now I know there's been frustration especially with the center position Alex Lynn hasn't performed as well as he did last year and then the host of guys behind him whether that be Damian Jones or Bruno Fernando has have just not performed as well as Dwayne Dedman did last season but I don't see the Hawks taking that and then making some move where they you know send the Nets pick that we the Hawks have for a center or something like that or they have Cam Reddish in that pick be traded for Andre Drummond Um, some of the centers that have been talked about for the Hawks specifically are Clint Capella Steven Adams and uh, Andre Drummond so the Hawks are probably going to be make some moves I mean they're the kind of the only team that has any sort of cap space available and they have some expiring contracts but I don't see the Hawks trading any of those five that I talked about just to get a center especially one like Andre Drummond who has a lot of money that will be paid to him on his next deal Um, but they could be opportunistic and if there's a team that just wants some assets maybe to trade later or they want um, some financial relief in the form of expiring deals The Hawks could be there to facilitate a deal like that. Thank you for catching this episode of the Kettlecast. If you have any questions, you can email me at kettlecast at gmail.com. And if you could leave a rating or review on whatever platform you use to get your podcast, that would be a huge help to me. Go Hawks!